Praise God. Praise God. What a joy for us. Praise God. morning. The Holy Spirit has no respect for human dignity. I would apologize for my tears, but I often say to people who apologize for crying, I ask them, do you apologize when you go to the bathroom? They're both natural, are they not? I want to share with you, isn't that praise team great? <laughs> they are great. I've been taught in homiletics as a preaching class to stay behind the pulpit. And every time I try, Holy Spirit acts a nut. I'm going to try to stay behind it, but I want to say a little thing in appreciation for your pastor. I want to share with you that I was once a district superintendent. I oversaw 72 pastors, and I worked with hundreds of others. Your pastor is one of the most giving of all the pastors I have known and worked with. I'm saying this to you, many of you know and appreciate your pastor, but it's like many people, I'm a therapist, and many people after being together for several years begin to take each other for granted. You stop talking intimately, you stop looking each other in the eye, and you become church folk. I want to invite you to revisit your relationship with your spouses, with your children, with those you close to. I want to invite you to turn off your phone. Now, I want can I speak to you as a therapist just for a moment? You can multitask, but you need to understand your brain 
moves from one thing to the other quickly. That's called multitasking. Are you with me? But when you're multitasking, you're not giving the person in front of you your full attention. People say, Dr. Abiata, you're old. Everybody multitasking. You look at the statistics of relationships from 30 years ago, and you see what multitasking has done. I want to ask you a question this morning. And my question is, will you dance? Will you dance? I'm practicing the message now. Dancing is the concept of moving to a beat. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit has a beat. Satan's job is to disrupt that beat. And for those of us who beats are disrupted, we're stagnated. We, we argue and we become self-destructive instead of moving forward as God would have us to do. I want you to prayerfully meditate on the beat of the Holy Spirit in your life because it's to that beat that we preach today about dancing. Many of us will stop dancing when we get an attitude or hurt. We stop dancing when we should keep moving. We stop dancing when things don't go our way. My question this morning Will you dance? In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, we find these words. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. You have a Bible underlined with all his might. I'm going to give you a visual illustration. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpet as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, um, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her I want you to know that Michael lost her beat. When you lose your beat, you're more cognizant of everybody watching. You're more cognizant of what other people are thinking. You're more cognizant, excuse me. I was thinking of another word while I was saying that. That's too much academic there. You're more cognizant of things that interrupt the flow of the Holy Spirit. And that's why many of us, we can't pray in public. We can't worship in public. We don't lift up our holy hands because that doesn't look cool. And not looking, and looking cool, it's okay if it interrupts the flow of the Spirit. Dancing is important in ancient cultures. Although each dance varied based on the culture, the reasons are similar. To tell a story, to portray an essential message, a typical 
religious expression. The first expression of hand language, of language with, without speaking, was not the hands. It was dancing, as I said earlier. From an anthropological perspective, one of the earliest findings of worshipful dancing was expressed in Egyptian culture where Israel was. Dancing was a religious expression of worship in which the message of the story was told eloquently. In the Bible, the first record of dancing is found in Exodus 15, verse 20, where the Hebrews escaped from Egypt, and after, and after the Red Sea consumed the Egyptian army, Miriam, the sister of Moses, did a victory dance and praised God. Praise God. And we can now biblically migrate from the book of Exodus into 2 Samuel chapter 6. We would read of a ceremonial dance in response to another victory. This time it was over the Philistines. And in that victory, David returned with the ark back to Israel. Once again, we find the influence of Egyptian culture of dance being used in an expression of worship and praise to our God. In 2 Samuel 6.14, we read that David adorned a linen ephod. A linen uh, ephod is a racial, uh, excuse me, a um, religious attire that you wore before you went before the Lord in the religious community. Now listen closely to these three verses, which are about to take a roller coaster because the words and thoughts go back and forth. In verse 14, we not only have King David dancing, but the Bible also says, listen to the words carefully, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Can I give you an illustration? Relax, people moving forward. <laughs> this is dancing, just dancing. This is dancing with all your might. I'm cool. I just want to give you a visual of what David was doing. And so you understand why Mikhail was embarrassed. David didn't give it a second thought. Now, I want my wife to hear that because the next time I get down with the Holy Spirit, can I get amen? amen? My wife will amen that. I'm, excuse me, I got to put this in my pocket. I danced too hard. Is that okay, sweetheart? If this text was translated in ghetto knees, are y'all with me? Some of y'all lost. Stay with me, though. It would read, King David was cutting the rug. Come on with me. Allow me, like David, to get undignified for a moment so that you may understand. Let me do this one more time. Is this? The Durant, but that's just dance. What is this? 
Oh, your mic. Y'all catching on for a slow congregation. <laughs> come on with it. I'm so proud of you. I might just come back next century. One movement is about motion. The other movement is about putting your whole heart, soul, and energy and mind into getting lost into the Holy Spirit. In one, you are conscious of everybody looking at you. In the other, you can care less who is looking because you're so lost in God. In the secular mind, dancing is about performance. In the faith and religious community, it is a language, a form of praise, of using motion like sign language, but it is a language of praise and thanksgiving. There are various forms of linguistic expression. There is <clears throat> a sign language with your hands. As a therapist, I'm very cognizant of body language. Just a little twitch tells me that there's something deeper than what you're saying. I probably shouldn't have told you all that. There's praise language. There's dance language. There are all forms of languages, but all the languages for us as Christians go back to God. When you are doing an out or separating yourself, you express yourself in different ways. Let me say this. Some of us are in the groove. So, do you all know what I mean when I say groove? Any of you ever watch basketball? You know, every time they get to, yeah, you big enough to play. <laughs> I walked past that brother and I was doing that. <laughs> Where you from, homeboy? <laughs> but, you know, some of them get on the line and, and they do three times. Some do one. Some do that. They in the groove, the zone. Satan wants to break you out of your zone. And many of us get broken out of our zone. Let me tell you. Signs of you are out of your zone. Whenever you feel like giving up, you are out of your zone. Whenever you say enough is enough and I can't take it anymore, you are. Come on, y'all can say it. Now let me, hold on, can I pause? I know many of y'all live in the rich neighborhood. Can y'all go pour with me for a second? In the poor neighborhood, it's okay to talk during the sermon. The rich neighborhood is a sin to speak during the same. Are y'all with me? Come on, walk with me now. Don't make me dance on y'all. Amen. When you are hurting and the hurt is too deep, you feel like you can't go on. When we feel like selling out, giving in. When we say, I've come, who was that, Gladys Knight? I've come to the end of the road. You are off beat, my brothers and my sisters. This is the language of failure. This is the language of defeat. This is the language that screams, I can't do this anymore. This is the language to say, I am done dancing. It is the language of giving up. Don't raise your hand, but has anybody ever been there before? I just want you to know you are out of rhythm. We need a language not defined by the scoreboard of what others think. One in which even when we are feeling like we're losing, 
defeat is not in our vocabulary. Satan has a language for all of us. Satan will whisper, you can't win. This is not worth it. You're really a loser. You just have not accepted it. Feel free to harbor. This is Satan speaking to you. Feel free to harbor anger. Feel free to harbor bitterness. Feel free to harbor frustration. God understands you want revenge. Feel free. That's freedom. Satan tells you that the language of his dance is freedom. You will only find yourself in his freedom deeper in emotional imprisonment. When we hold anger in we may hurt others with our words, but we carry the pain in our hearts. As Christians, we need a language with a rhythm that calls, demands, pushes, presses, punctuates, and even excavates us from the core of our hearts and remind us, as Jesus says in the scripture, to go that second mile. We need a language that invites us to continue the dance like David with all our might. In verse 15, we read, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. Let me pause here. Whatever you hear, whenever I hear Pastor Doran, do y'all know Pastor Doran? Man, if y'all didn't move on that one, I was ending this sermon. Boom, I was out of here. You ever... Notice that uh, when he's going to make a point, he says, watch this. I'm always looking for some magician or something. So, you know, what am I watching? And then he makes a powerful point. <laughs> he, 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 he goes on, and with his words, he expressed something wonderful, dynamic, loving, something that's a catchphrase or a catch thought. He brings you in as you watch this. But check this. Watch this. See, once you're in, you don't even notice it. You're moving. You're moving because Reverend Pastor Durham be grooving and you grooving. You don't even know it. You're sitting there and you don't even know you're moving. I said, you go ahead with your bad self. A moving dead congregation. I love this place. Please note two significant things in this text right here. First, David and his army were shouting praise with all their might. Their might. You see, many people are giving empty praises to God. Empty praises to God. Empty praises comes out of us when we know we stole something and we're giving God the praise. Know that we haven't been living right. And someone says, how you doing? I'm blessed. Empty praises comes out of living contradiction that Satan said is okay. We cannot praise, hear me, some may disagree with me and I'm okay. We cannot fully praise God living a contradictory life. It's easier to be half pregnant than it is to be empty through the week and come to church Sunday morning to praise God. That's why a lot of people come to church. Now, I told you, I grew up in a, holi a holiness church. People jumping over pews, almost out of the windows and everything else. You with me? And then in the parking lot talking about the pastor. It's empty praises. After talking about pastor this week, they come back next week. Oh, praise the Lord. Say, sister, make I just love it. Come on, baby. It's empty. It's empty. If it's not full during the week, it's empty on Sunday morning. 
And when you empty too long, guess what? You stop fading away from church. Oh, I don't go to church now. Why? Because of COVID. Do you go to the store? Yes. Do you hang out with your friends? Yes. You go all the place, but you can't come to church because of COVID. And you know why? You've been empty all along. You just found it out during COVID. I'm okay. I can hear people in the heart saying, I'm not coming back if he's here again. <laughs> you don't pay my salary. <laughs> and even if you did, I'd find another church. Because I got to preach the word. Are you giving empty praises? David and his army had a reason to dance. They had just claimed victory as God's army in defeating the Jubasites and the uh, Philistines in the name of God. The life of any war is not found in the individuals. The victory of all wars is found not only in our casualties, but in our group expression of working together. That's what the body of Christ is called to do. However, success in any war is found only in collective victory. It's not an individual. The victory is found in the Old Testament with God in the New Testament with Jesus. Do you know anything about victory? Now, I'm going to do something that I was asked not to do. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? No, listen, that's because you sit in the back doesn't mean you can't talk. Are y'all ready? Yeah. All right, come on with me. I heard an old, old story of Jesus and his glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Come on, church. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Come on, church. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Come on, come on, wait a minute. You know you bad. You know you bad. Isn't God good? <laughs> Let's close this out. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can you tissue, please? In verse 15, the role of the nation Israel then is the exact same as the role of the church today. To be a place of scripture, a tune in our hearts when everything else is falling apart. We need to hold on to the word of God. Because we recognize, many of us recognize that uh, life is one enormous weight after another. When you get one monkey off your back, it seems like another one jumps on. When problems seem so immountable that we just can't see the next day. When we cannot do the do because of what others are doing. 
when we feel the need to hang up with the tune of the Holy Spirit is hollering to us, hang in. When the night seems like day and the day seems like night, when everyone is telling you you are wrong, when you know you being right. That was poetic. I like that one myself. When you are looking for hope and hope cannot be found, when Satan whispers, you know you are hell bound. When, you, when down seems up and up seems down, and for help, you keep looking around. My brothers and sisters, we're looking in the wrong places. I can't turn to my wife when Satan has a hold on me. She's not God. You can't turn to your husband when Satan has a hold on you. He's not God. See, many of us turn to the wrong person, and we're disappointed, angry, and frustrated with that person because they can't loosen the grips of Satan on our lives. You're looking around in the wrong place. Many of us need to look to God. See, that's one reason many people in the church all their lives, a loved one died, they stopped worshiping God. You know why they stopped worshiping God? Because they was looking for God in their loved ones instead of looking for their loved ones in God. Don't worry, I won't be back, but I'm going to enjoy while I'm here. <laughs> Come on with it. Let's bring this to a closure. The Bible tells us that the wise men went to see Jesus. And I know um, they spoke with the angels. And I'm sure if we had a Gettonese version of the Bible, it would tell us that the wise men danced on the way to the manger. I can see the shepherds with the sheep on the way to the manger, and the sheep in groove with the Holy Spirit, and the shepherds get in groove with the speak, sheep, and we hear a bye-bye here and a bye-bye there, here, by there, by everywhere, bye-bye. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just took y'all to the rich neighborhood in the ghetto. Y'all looking good. Y'all looking good. Y'all got that? Can we do that one more time? One more time? Come on, come on with me. And a bye-bye here and a bye-bye there. Here, by there, by everywhere, bye-bye. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's almost fun being with y'all. Thank you. This is a rich people town. <laughs> I don't care what your cousin said. Y'all okay. Let me say this, and then Mr. Jones and I are going to dance for you. I want to speak to and speak to the woman, and then I want to dance for you. Is that okay? Let me speak to the men first. Thank you. Left me hanging. No, 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 no. No second chances here. <laughs> See, you know what happened? See, when you're not really from the hood and try to act like you're from the hood, you miss it the first time. Come on with me. Come on. <laughs> you're okay. I'm going to tell your wife, don't give up on you. There's hope. Let me share this first to the men. Hear me. The Bible, I want you to hear this. This is a therapist. I'll go back to pastor in a minute. The Bible talks about the man as the head. We reject that because uh, of our chauvinistic culture. We read head as dominant. 
What head means is that you, like Christ, you the main sacrificial component to the marriage. You are supposed to give up more for her than she is for you. Marriage is not a 50-50 thing. No, it's not. You are supposed to give up more than she gives up. It's biblical. It's headship. I'd like to come back a different time in the Bible study and just give you study around that. Our culture has interrupted, disrupted the understanding of Scripture. That's your call. You suppose, as a pastor, I've been pastor for 35 years. Most of the houses I go in, the women are praying. Yeah, I know that sounds chauvinist, but you're supposed to cover her. You're supposed to cover her in prayer and spiritual direction and nurture, not tell her what to do. She's not a dog. Don't, don't say anything, ladies. Don't say anything. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to help. She, she's not a dog. She, she's your spouse. You, your main role, and don't talk to me about fear. You talk to God if it's not fear. But that's your main role. And women, your main role is to follow as they lead in Christ. As they lead in Christ. Are y'all with me? See, you can't live at home right and come worship God if you're right at home. Worship starts at home. And that's why it's excited. Uh, And you ever play sports? The practice is not a game. But if you don't practice, you're not going to do well in the game. Home is the practice. Home is the practice. Say this, and I'm done. I'm going to dance for you. I, I remember early in my ministry, Pat, um, counseling somebody, and, the, and <laughs> I counseled in the hood. That's where I'm from. Brother Kane said, you know, man, somebody try to mess with my wife, boom, I take him out. I take a bullet for that woman. I don't know if I was supposed to be scared or what, but it was cool. A month later, you know what came off his spout? He didn't want to wash the dishes. Really? You take a bullet, but you don't want to bust suds? <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. And don't look at the men. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. See, being headship, a- as a pastor, I clean out toilets. I sweep floors. I, nobody does anything in the church I don't do. When you get too big to do the basic things, you're no longer a leader and you're no longer a head. Men, be the head. Ladies, follow as they follow, lead in Christ. Amen? Amen. We're going to dance. Watch out now. Mrs. Jones, come on. Mr. Jones, can I have a? Come on, man. No. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Take that phone. I don't need. He doesn't need to hear me. What? No, I'm okay. Now, hold on. Let me say this. Watch her more than me. <laughs> Amen. Let me say this. Thank you very much. It was great being here. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share the word of God with you. You are a wonderful congregation. Yes, you are. 
I want to share one other thought on dancing. For most of my life, when it came time for the tithes and offerings, many of us got out of rhythm with worship. It starts at home. If we don't learn when we get our finances to think of God first, we would always give him our leftovers and claim we gave our best. We're out of tune, my brothers and sisters. My prayer for us is that we would grow in tune with the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this, and then I want to close in prayer. When I got out of seminary, my wife would testify. Say, I'm not used to sweating when I preach. <laughs> I preach for a church across the street. <laughs> we, we don't sweat. <laughs> I had a master's degree. It's for my doctorate. I had a master's degree. The church gave me $100 a week and swore they were doing me a favor. Swore they. They were out of rhythm. But let me, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I encourage my wife, don't be discouraged. I worked for the, was the boys club? Boy Scout. Boy Scout. I worked for the Boy Scout just to have insurance for my wife my wife. The same boy with a master's degree had to work a second job just so his wife and he would not be insured. Two months ago, paid cash, 30000 on the car. No, don't clap. Don't clap. Don't clap. 30000 I could have spent 50000 I would never be there if when I didn't have anything, God was second. I trust God. Now, I want you to hear the other side of that. I want you to hear the other side of that. Even if I couldn't pay cash for that car, I have God and this woman. Everything else is extra. Are y'all hearing me? Are you hearing me? God would still be good if I couldn't afford it. But you know why I know that? Because God was good when I didn't have it. Are you with me? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. And when you have it with God, people can't threaten you. We want to fire you. I trust God. I find another job. I'm okay. I trust God. So our expression of trust begins with our tithes and our offerings. If you're not ready today, pray about it. And you're not ready next week, pray about it. But that has to do with our rhythm and our dance. And then all, how long have we been married? 37 years? I just want her to affirm me. I knew that. <laughs> Don't ask every man that. Some of them be stumbling. But in 37 years, we've never been for want. Never been for want because we trust God. Trust God. Don't spend stupid in tithes. Trust God and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I'm going to pray because the last time I was here, I said um, church was over and everybody looked at me like I was stupid. I thought I was married to all of y'all. <laughs> I'm going to pray. When I get through praying, y'all can leave ties and offerings in the box. Now, let me say this. You can say hi, but I stink right now. <laughs> See, she lost her groove. She done, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, here, let me help you get it back. <laughs> Pastor Dern, I'm just playing. Can we pray? Will you stand with me and pray, please?
I want you to extend your hand to the cross. Extend your hand to the cross, please. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, for sending your only begotten son into the world, Lord, because you know we were lost. You knew we had lost the beat. We were off rhythm. We were dancing to our own dance and called it your dance. And Lord, we want to realign ourselves with your music, with your beat. I pray for marriages. I pray for single parents. I pray for children. I pray for generational brokenness, brokenness uh, of, of families that they would be enriched and that generational um, curse will be broken and there will be generations of blessings. Lord, for all those who've been had a life of failure may they learn from their failure and make it a success story I thank you Lord <clears throat> for everyone who's here and who will listen to this message and hear the uh, voice of your servant I pray Lord that we claim the rhythm that we claim the victory song that we claim you Jesus Christ not with our voices but with our hearts and that there's a heartbeat difference and when we go to the doctor the doctor would say what you've been doing your heart is beating faster you tell the doctor it's not the medicine it's not my spouse it's not my children it's not the school it's not the politics it's not the world it's Jesus it's Jesus you tell them that may we all keep that beat Lord may we all keep that rhythm and give you praise in Jesus name and the people of God said together, Amen, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Give God a hand. Give God a hand. Amen. Yeah. I want to hit you again. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Cut this off.